Hello, everybody. This is your host, Tara Matthews. I am the owner of Fit Faith. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about food addiction. And so this is a very passionate subject of mine, especially because it's something that I have been through and I'm on my healing journey. I'm in recovery and I want other people to experience the freedom that I have been gaining over my food addiction. And so we're going to talk about that today, about what food addiction is and about how you can identify it in your life because a lot of people walk around with cravings and feeling like they have no willpower and they just don't know what food addiction is all about and how it's affecting their life and how they can be free from it. So let's get to it. So food addiction, let's talk a little bit about this. Um, What is food addiction? You know, how many times have you had that, that overwhelming craving for just that one thing? Girls, you know what I'm talking about, especially like during that time of the month and that chocolate craving comes up. So yeah, hormones play a little bit in that and we get those insatiable cravings that we want something, but food addiction is, is so much more and I call it an infirmity and I call it infirmity because it is a mental illness. Um, Addiction to food is real and it is a diagnosed condition now in the DSM-5 that certain foods, especially processed foods, have addictive properties that for many people result in compulsive overeating and binging. So over recent years and this was like 1950s is when the, the term food addiction really became a thing. But the research just hasn't been there. And in recent years, it has started to, there's been more light shed on the topic. And with the coming of neuroimaging, they have found that, in, that obesity and binging are two things that light up those reward centers in our brain when we are eating things that um like processed foods that we that have sugar and flour and dairy that these things <clears throat> trigger a dopamine response similar to drug addictions <clears throat> excuse me so <clears throat> so that you get a boost in your serotonin your dopamine your endocannabinoid system which they are doing even more research on now especially in light of like legal marijuana and everything, many of us are walking around in like brain fog and under the influence of a perfectly legal toxic substance, sugar, right? So some, some three of the main things, sugar and flowers and dairy, these things ignite addiction like behaviors within us and cravings. All right. So When next time that you are thinking of eating something and you're craving that one thing, I want you to think about, you know, what has, has there been something that triggered that? Because maybe you started your day off with a cup of coffee, but you put sugar in it. And then the next thing you know, you're eating something else sweet and something else sweet. And like, by the end of the day, you're just like, I don't understand why I can't get rid of this. Like, why can't I eat healthy? It's okay because it's not always it's not just you, okay? Our bodies become physiologically dependent on stuff and a lot of this stuff happens when we are children. And so we have, when our whole lives living this way, 
and eating this way and not even realizing that our whole lives we have just been consuming and eating things to to just soothe ourselves. And so there's um, emotional components, there's relational components, the physiological components. There's so many things that go into food addiction. So to be dependent on a substance, to have an addiction, there are specific criteria you must meet. So let's talk about them for a minute, some, a minute, some symptoms and qualities of food addiction. So this is, this is going by the DSM. If you don't know what that is, that is a manual for psychologists and psychiatrists and those who diagnose mental conditions um, and things like that. It kind of gives a guide as to how to diagnose things um, and you have to meet certain criteria in it. So in the DSM, there's like seven criteria that, that they take into consideration for food addiction. One is your tolerance. Um, you know, are you consistently building up a tolerance to certain foods? Two as a withdrawal symptoms. Um, you know, when you don't eat those foods, do you experience things like, um, you know, agitation and anger and anxiety and things like that? Three, increasing quantities. So you feel like you have to have more of a substance. Um, you're eating more of it. You're binging on it. And then the way you feel afterwards doesn't help. <laughs> Four, the strong desire to decrease the use, but the inability to. So you really want to quit eating something in particular. And you keep trying to... Um, <clears throat> do things to stop using like you go on diet after diet after diet and nothing seems to work and you get frustrated um five your increased efforts to use or recover from the effects so um so you start doing things because you're craving things you know there's people that will pick something up off the floor who will go digging through the trash like these are extreme cases but it happens and it's a real thing food addiction and so increased um <clears throat> when you're trying to recover from the effects of it also like you're increasing your um your efforts to recover from how you're feeling you know especially like when you eat too much you get that full feeling you're unbuttoning your pants you're trying to make yourself comfortable because you just feel sick so things like that how many of us have felt like that at thanksgiving right so six um a reduction of social work recreational activities due to the substance abuse um so if you find yourself a lot of times like you you go into binging cycle and then yes the food can contribute to depression so you get depressed and then you don't want to go to work or you don't want to go to social activities and you're telling people you just rather stay home and then you end up binging some more so um so that is number 6 and number 7 is continued use in spite of those adverse health conditions. So if you find yourself you're suffering from diabetes, you're suffering from high blood pressure, you have IBS and you know that something is going to upset your stomach but you just can't stop eating it anyways cuz it's so good. Um I can tell you like I have lactose intolerance and I abstain from dairy and there 
have been times where I've just wanted ice cream so bad that I would eat it anyways. And yes, there's lactate, but a lot of times I don't keep it on hand. And so I would eat it anyways, knowing that I was going to suffer the consequences of it. That's a sign of food addiction is that you know that you have these issues. If you have eczema and eczema, there you know that certain foods flare up your eczema like dairy and sugar and you still eat them anyways and your your eczema flares up and then you're trying to treat your skin conditions. These are things that all contribute to food addiction. And so out of these seven things, when you have at least three of these symptoms within a year and they're causing you significant distress, then this is when you would be diagnosed with a food addiction. So take that into consideration. And then um, I want to talk a little bit about a great tool that has come to light in recent years is the Yale Food Addiction Scale. So this is one of the best methods for revealing a food addiction. And you go through it. It's like a survey. There's 25 questions that you answer and you kind of rate them um, from like how often it happens. And so I wanted to do this little exercise with you today. Um, And I just want to go through these questions. I want you to ask yourself these questions and how you feel about them. And we won't be scoring anything. But for your reference, if you do want to go and actually see um, the Gale Food Addiction Scale and actually do it and see how severe your symptoms are, you can go to midss.org and you can find it on that website um, and locate that resource for yourself and you can actually see where you fall on the food addiction scale if you believe that's something that you have. So, if you feel like you are struggling with cravings and the consumption of processed food, especially like sweets, carbs, salty food, fatty foods, sugary drinks, I would suggest just go ahead and take that quiz or um, you might know, like after I talk about this and I ask you the questions, you might know off the bat, like, hey, I have food addiction. You might already even know it. Like you don't even, I don't even have to like ask you these questions because after like talking about it, you just know, hey, I, I definitely have food addiction. So I'm going to go ahead and just ask you these questions. We're going to go through these and um, hopefully this won't take too much longer. I don't like to make my podcast too long because I know we all have short attention spans and we all have things to do in our lives. But this is really important to recognize because that is the first step to taking the path of healing is to recognize that you have food addiction and that it's okay because there is a healing process for it. You can stop focusing on diet. You can stop focusing on your weight. You can stop focusing on the fact that you can't do it in your own willpower. And then you can recognize that and you can take the the steps to start the healing process. So... Number one, I'm just going to read through these and we're going to um, think about them. Just think about them. So I find that when I start eating certain foods, I end up eating much more than planned. Two, I find myself continuing to consume certain foods even though I'm no longer hungry. Three, I eat to the point I feel physically ill. Four, not eating certain types of foods or cutting down on certain types of foods is something I worry about. Five, I spend a lot of time feeling sluggish or fatigued from overeating. 
Six, I find myself constantly eating certain foods throughout the day. Seven, I find that when certain foods are not available, I will go out of my way to obtain them. So for example, if I drive to the store to purchase certain foods, even though I have other options available to me at home, but I still want what I want. Eight, there have been times when I consume certain foods so often or in such large quantities that I started to eat food instead of working or spending time with family or friends or engaging in other important activities or recreational activities I enjoy. You know, I can testify to this one that um, food has been a way for me to procrastinate. Um, so think about that, how you use food and do you use, this as a, use it as an excuse not to do certain things. Nine, there have been times when I consumed certain foods so often or in such large quantities that I spent time dealing with negative feelings from overeating instead of working, spending time with family or friends or engaging in other important or recreational activities I enjoy. So do you get those, you feel so guilty about it, you feel so sluggish, you feel so depressed, and then you spend so much time dwelling in those negative feelings that it keeps you from doing everything that you want to do. 10. There have been times when I avoided professional or social situations where certain foods were available because I was afraid that I would overeat. 11. There have been times when I avoided professional or social situations because I was not able to consume certain foods. 12. I have had Withdrawal symptoms, such as agitation, anxiety, or other physical symptoms when I cut down or stopped eating certain foods. And don't include symptoms from like cutting out or stopping caffeine, but when it comes to foods, think about that. 13, I have consumed certain foods to prevent feelings of agitation, anxiety, or other physical symptoms that were developing. Again, don't include caffeine. Fourteen, I have found that I have elevated desire for or urges to consume certain foods when I cut down or stop eating them. So how many of us have tried to cut those carbs down and then we end up just being nasty people because, you know, it's just like um, someone quitting cigarettes and they've been smoking for years and years and years. I mean, they get some super bad feelings of um, withdrawal, so... 15, my behavior with respect to food and eating causes significant distress. 16, I experience significant problems in my ability to function effectively because of food and eating. So you have trouble effectively going throughout your daily routine or your school or your job or social or family activities or you have health difficulties and you can't function effectively because food is interfering in these things or your eating is interfering with it. 17, my food consumption has caused significant psychological problems such as depression, anxiety, self-loathing, and guilt. 18, my food consumption has caused significant physical problems or made a physical problem worse. And how many of us are walking around obesity, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, depression, all these physical issues. 
going on because of how we eat. 19, I kept consuming the same types of foods or the same amount of food, even though I was having emotional or physical problems. 20, over time I have found that I need to eat more and more to get the feeling I want, such as reduced negative emotions or increased pleasure. 21, I have found that eating the same amount of food does not reduce my negative emotions or increase pleasurable feelings the way it used to because we become so tolerant to things and our body becomes adjusted to it. 22, I want to cut down or stop eating certain kinds of food. So when you know that there are certain foods that you just, you know you need to quit. 23, I have tried to cut down or stop eating certain kinds of food. 24, I have been successful at cutting down or not eating these kinds of foods, but then somehow you come back to it. 25, how many times in the past year did you try to cut down or stop eating certain times of food, certain foods altogether? And so again, you would be rating these on the scale and um, how severe everything was. And so Think about those questions if you have to replay this and listen to them again. Take them into consideration on whether or not food addiction is something you might or might not have. And I want to leave you with this because there's so much more to food addiction. I'm going to talk about this in the next episode this week um, on Thursday. And we're going to talk about um, a little bit about the history of food addiction and why it's so prevalent now. And so before I leave you, I want to go over this scripture, Proverbs 25, 27, and leave you with this because it says in the King James Version, it says, it's not good to eat much honey. So for men to search their own glory is not glory. And so we're talking about a little bit about boasting ourselves up and not giving the God the glory for things. But it also says how it's not good to eat much honey because too much of a good thing is just not good anymore. And in the message version, it says it's not smart to stuff yourself with sweets, nor is it glory piled on glory good for you. So anyways, I do have a little one in the background and I apologize for the noise, but I just wanted to end on that note for you to take that into consideration today. And I hope that this helps shed light on the fact that you, if whether or not you have food addiction, so sorry for that. <laughs> um, and I hope you have a wonderful day.